this morning. A Ukrainian lawyer was urging the United Nations top court to order Russia to halt its devastating invasion. Uh, a hearing that Moscow didn't even show up for, by the way. The International Court of Justice has scheduled two days of hearings into Ukraine's request. Judge Joan Donahue read Ukraine's complaint that Russia has used a false pretext to even take military action, and now, as part of that military action, is targeting civilians. In its application, Ukraine also accuses the Russian Federation of carrying out the actus reus of genocide by intentionally killing and inflicting serious injury on Ukrainian nationals, accompanied by what Ukraine considers rhetoric suggestive, suggestive of genocidal intent. So... War crimes um, and the International Court of Justice definitely in the headlines for the past several days, more so today as the hearing got underway. So we're going to chat with Valerie Oosterveld, who is an Associate Director of Western University's Centre for Transitional Justice and Post-Conflict Reconstruction, also a member of the Canadian Partnership for International Justice, and something of an expert when it comes to the International Court of Justice. Very pleased that she could find time to join us today. Valerie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Happy to join you. Yeah, so let's just discuss what's going on. First of all, just sort of define the playing field for us. The International Court of Justice, that's the United Nations' highest court, correct? That's correct. It's its often called the World Court because it's the court in which countries can bring other countries to account. Okay, and what happened here is Ukraine came before the court and put forward an argument that war crimes are being committed, and in fact, the invasion on its own was done on false pretext and therefore was a war crime, correct? Exactly. So what Ukraine is arguing is that Russia has used a false claim that genocide is occurring in order to then try to legitimize its aggression in terms of its invasion and everything that's happened since. So Ukraine is saying, hey, uh, International Court of Justice, um, Russia is trying to use the Genocide Convention as a form of a like a veil to try to shield what it's actually doing in the Ukraine. So, okay, I wasn't even aware of this until I started reading this. Russia's reason, or at least their justification for doing what they did, they said that Ukraine was committing war crimes in the Donbass, in the regions that were disputed as in terms of occupation. And they said the reason they had to go in is because genocide was occurring, correct? Exactly. So it sounds ludicrous because... To be frank, it is ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Russia is saying that Ukraine has an intent to destroy, in whole or in part, the people of the Donbass, and that it needs to go in to try to stop that. Now, as Ukraine pointed out today at the International Court of Justice, um, it's gone in at you know north, south, east, west, um, not just in the Donbass region, and it's carrying out things that that are far beyond trying to ostensibly protect people in the Donbass from some kind of um, genocide. Ukraine also pointed out that there's absolutely no proof whatsoever of any of Ukraine committing any genocide anywhere um, and relied upon United Nations documents to, to prove that. What is the point? Like, like you say, it is ludicrous, and I think most of the world recognizes that it's ludicrous. Russia didn't even show up to the hearing. They're not paying it any mind. Um, what is the point? What, what is the reasoning for taking this to the court? Is it binding in any way? Can there be you know, consequences to Russia for this? Yes, it is binding, actually. Every single time that a, uh, 
a country brings another country before the court through a treaty to which both are party, and in this case, both countries are part of the Genocide Convention, um, then the outcome is binding. So getting a binding um, ruling by the court, that can help to create another peaceful lever um, for Ukraine to put pressure on Russia. Now, no one in the world is at this point um, thinking that Russia is going to comply, but and the United Nations doesn't have a police force, so it can't force it to comply. But it is yet another piece of that pressure that needs to be put on um, on Russia. And and to be honest, Ukraine is using every single possible lever that it can find in order to put that pressure on. What about all the other allegations that Russia is actually committing war crimes with some of the actions that's being carried out? Will that be part of what's going on over the next couple of days? Um, in a way, because what Ukraine is doing is say, what it's saying to the court is, hey, you need to look at all the actual actions that Russia is taking because that demonstrates that it is not reacting to a genocide. It is taking aggressive um, and illegal action, which includes war crimes and crimes against humanity. Um, I should mention that the case actually finished early because Russia didn't Didn't show show up. So Ukraine did all of its arguments today and Russia was supposed to do its arguments tomorrow. But because Russia didn't come, uh, the court ended, and the president of the court said that they would be coming out with a provisional uh, measures order or uh, ruling as soon as, as it possibly could. So the ruling comes out, the measures, realistically, is there any expectation that Putin will give a damn, to be frank, what the UN says at this point? Well, it's interesting that Russia didn't show up. Um, Russia has shown up in the past. So Ukraine has brought Russia to court in the past, and it showed up. It had like 25 lawyers. Um, Russia has shown up in the past when Georgia brought a similar type of claim to the International Court of Justice. So the fact that Russia didn't show up today may mean that it literally has no argument to make um, and no legal argument to make. So I do think someone was sweating somewhere about the fact whether or not they should go and what they should say. Um, I should also mention that some high-profile lawyers that have helped Russia in the past have refused to help them uh, this time. Oh, interesting. Okay. So mm-hmm. they're, well, well, we know they've been turned into a pariah state in much of the yes. world, right? So yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so on the one hand, um, it does help create a bit of pressure on Russia. On the other hand, no, nobody is holding their breath for Putin to say, oh, my goodness, the International Court of Justice has ordered me to stop, I therefore I should stop. Um, but what it does actually do is if the court uh, makes this order asking Russia to stop, then it actually helps other parts of the United Nations to take action and other bodies, international and regional bodies, to take action. The, the U.N. court is the highest court in the world, and it does kind of open the door um, to support what the International Criminal Court Prosecutor is doing. On Friday, the Human Rights Council in Geneva, the U.N. Human Rights Council, um, decided to create an independent investigative mechanism, uh, in, uh, sorry, commission of, of inquiry. And this uh, ruling by the court can help that uh, sort of come to being mm-hmm. faster. So it has other knock-on effects that can be helpful. It's not going to stop Putin, but um, it is it is another step that can be taken. Right, yeah. 
Exactly. And they continue to pile up. Um, Valerie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. That is Valerie Oosterveld, who is an expert in the International Court of Justice, the International Criminal Court, the UN High Court, whatever you want to call it. It's got a bunch of different names. But um, as we heard, Russia just didn't show up today. What does that mean? I mean, (laughs) this is the question about this court. Uh, Russia just decided not to show up. Judge Joan Donahue said Russia's ambassador sent a letter to the officials saying, uh, yeah, we're not interested. The court regrets the non-appearance of the Russian Federation in these oral proceedings. Okay. Um, so I guess, is you know, will this be a test of the United Nations and um, whether or not, you know, any of this will actually have any sort of impact? Will it mean anything? That's the question I have with this court. You know, it, taking a look at it, I think the arguments are pretty clear, um, and and my take on Russia not showing up is because Russia doesn't care. They made that pretty clear. Um, it's more interesting to see how NATO is going to respond. I think that's that's the bigger issue, and that's that's another discussion altogether.